Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen we are here to drop knowledge cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way welcome to through thick and skin podcast my name is Megan Patterson and I'm Aaron Jensen and we are now on episode 58 58 can you believe it no well we needed to get we need to finish up our question and answers they just keep coming in we had so many people hit us up the last time we did it for part five mm-hmm. now we're on question and answers no holds barred part six And so we're just going to continue off. We're going to go right into it hot and hard and continuing answering your questions that you have for us about anything skin related, PA related, sister related, whatever. No holds barred. We truly mean it. So let's see here. I'll go ahead and kick this off and ask the first question, Erin. This one's for you. Okay. Can you do Botox and appeal in one appointment? Kind of. So you can definitely do Botox and a facial the same appointment. You can do Botox and a derma sweep or microderm abrasion the same appointment. But a peel, we have to do the peel first. And then we go in and clean the area with alcohol that we have to do the Botox in. So essentially, we're going to be removing some of the peel that you just paid for to be applied because we have to clean off the area to make sure it's sanitary. So say if you just have a small area like just your crow's feet and you're like, you know, it's cool. You can wipe that off a little bit and you're fine with that. That's fine. But if you're going in for the full board scalp to chin Botox treatment, I would do it on another day. So why can't you get Botox first, then do a chemical peel? Because then you will be applying the chemical peel into the open wound that the Botox just created with the needle. Mm-hmm. And you also lie down for a chemical peel. Yes. You, and you can have your face massaged with the chemical peel. And that's the biggest no-no right after Botox for 24 hours is massaging the area. That's good to know yeah. you so guys. So a general peel, try to separate them. Some people even just come in the next day for mm-hmm. it. Like do, do even you can do the peel and Botox the next day or vice versa. But if you can, try to separate them. So what this, she didn't ask this, but this is a common question we get. Can you do filler and a chemical peel in one appointment? No. We have to clean you off too much. Like literally wash your face off the whole thing. You'll be washing just money down the drain. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the peel can also create a little bit of temporary swelling right after it's applied because it's spicy and cause a little inflammation. And then your face looks plumper. And then we have a hard time gauging how much filler you actually need. Yeah. So I know, but some people are like, but I'm flying down from San Francisco. I want the whole shebang. It's like, well, if you want Botox and filler, then get a facial. Yeah. Not a we chemical can peel. Do, I can squeeze in some lips on you because I can just clean the lips off with a chemical peel. But in general, if we're doing full face rejuve, split it up. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any sister jealousy between us? You answer first. I mean, on my end, I don't think so because we're so different mm-hmm. that I think the things we get jealous of in our lives are not qualities that we have in each other. I think we respect what each other has, but I don't think you you don't want to be like me. You know, maybe I don't want to be like you, but it all what? works. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to be like me? I would actually love to be able to sing and dance and entertain and actually like 19 million of Megan's qualities. Um, I would. Thank you. But I just think we like perfectly coexist and just know like, oh my gosh, that's amazing what you're doing. 
and just are proud of each other. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. Like, I, I wanted to hear what you'd have to say because I was like, she might change my answer. Uh-oh. If she's like, actually, I do feel like you're jealous of me. But no, when I got this question, I was like, huh. I was like, there are sisters who are jealous of each other, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what that that's like. I mean, up until two years ago, Aaron and I just kind of led our own lives. Like, I was MIA. I was cutting and running for a long time. And so I rarely talked to her. We went from, like, rarely talking to, like, she's up my ass all day long. And um, do you know do you know what the picture of you in my phone is? Uh, me as a cardboard cutout, <laughs> yes, right? That's how much megan was around i was I it was a joke this. you guys yeah aaron will post, post it up but it was a joke because i was always moving around and never home that my uncle terry created a cardboard cutout of myself to bring to family functions so that they could take pictures of me and include me in like christmas thanksgiving etc because i was always on the go <laughs> it was a great they put a santa claus hat on me for christmas i went to a wedding in palm springs yep. when i was actually living in chicago or something like that. or no i was in mexico at the time so it was yeah so i've never felt jealousy for my sister because she every she has amazing she's an amazing life and she's amazing things but she also worked really hard to get them so everything aaron has i feel capable of getting myself but i don't work as hard as her and well, I don't work the same way as her. Like what's important to us is a little different and it's not bad and it's not good. But if I wanted what she, if I wanted a, a palatial home or the things, let's talk about the cash and prizes. Mm-hmm. I could get that because there's no magic to Aaron's sauce. Like she just works her ass off. Like any of you guys out there could have what Aaron has. You want three treatments? Fucking work your ass off. Yeah. And also have a really incredible brand strategist like Megan Patterson on your team. And we could talk rates if you really want to hire me, because apparently Aaron wants to make me a med spa consultant for my last episode. And that's what <laughs> my cut's going to be. Yeah, exactly. So she's going to get a cut. But anyways, I'm not jealous of Aaron because I know how hard she works and I know how much she sacrifices. If Aaron was like a trust fund baby, then that would mean I am a trust fund baby, hopefully. But if Aaron like just seemingly got it easy or like had a rich boyfriend that just gave her all this shit, I would probably be jealous. But also I don't feel like Aaron's taking anything away from me. Like if anything, Aaron's bringing stuff and I don't think you're, I'm taking anything away from you. No. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I'm not an injector. Maybe if I was an injector, I'd feel competitive, but we just, that is not our vibes at no. all. Like we could not be that similar. We're I, very different. I, I don't I, I'm trying to think of like who I would be jealous of but even like a trust fund person like that's just so boring I, I just it's basic it, it, it uh, yeah I mean if that's like what makes you happy and you're good mm-hmm. and like more power to you but that is not what like stirs me yeah and also you know you might we lead very different lives so like am I jealous of like Aaron being a mom or having a husband or being a home I think I could have that if I wanted it and since I don't, I enjoy those things. I enjoy her kids. I enjoy my brother-in-law. I enjoy the home. And I, Aaron shares that with me. You know, she doesn't share her husband. I, although he does pay for my dinner every time we go out to eat. <laughs> he signed up when we got, when you got married. I was like, Ryan, I hope you know that like I come with the package. And he always does without question. Like when we go to dinner, I'm like, here's my, he's like, no, I know you're part of the okay, package. This is, a, this is a quote that'll be like, what? What sounds wrong, but it really isn't wrong. Like Ryan sees you in your underwear more than like. <laughs> He'll <laughs> see a, a blur of flesh fly by him. He's like, "Oh, that's Megan because she forgot her fucking she needs, pants." She needs the Olaplex in the bathroom. And yeah, won't go in the and other Ryan, bathroom. And Ryan doesn't get. And he honestly, he does not. Get, I'll be like, knock. I'll, I'll be like, 
he'll like knock on his bathroom door and I'm like, give me a sec. And he's like, okay, no worries. <laughs> I'm in his bathroom. I'm like, Hey, hold up. Or I'll like knock on the door and he, I'm like, Hey, can you hurry up? I need to shower. He's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm almost out in his home. You know, he knows that I come with the package, so there's no jealousy. Okay, Aaron, this one's for you. Okay. How can I fix a broken blood vessel on my face? First of all, what is a broken blood vessel? A, a broken blood vessel is also known as a telangiectasia. That sounds like a RuPaul drag race name. Telangiectasia. <laughs> come to the stage, telangiectasia. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's a little red line that you can see on your face. It's typically due to sun damage or aging. People with rosacea commonly get it. The only way you can fix it is by laser treatment. That is it. They have to laser it, heat up the blood vessel so it shrinks and collapses on itself. That's all. Easy as that. Okay. V-beam is my favorite, but you can also do an IPL or BBL. There's different types. A Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> no, it's a broadband light. Oh. Laser. There's something other than a BBL, huh? Yeah. Would uh. you ever get a BBL? No. I Wait. don't need help in that area. You're good. I, I mean, I don't have the biggest, highest booty, but... I've just heard of like stories about getting it done and how you have to sit on a donut. It just seems like a lot of work for something that I don't really care that much about. I will give you one caveat to this. A big booty injected with a lot of fat will sag over time. So you have to consider that. Mm. Like and a boob, when you put an implant in it, when it sags, you can do a breast lift, which is relatively simple. You can do a booty lift? The scar's big. Are they going to lipo it out again? So just just ask. If you're going in for that procedure, ask the surgeon, what is my butt going to look like in 10 years after I have three kids and gain some pounds? There you go. You asked about a broken blood vessel. Yes. And now you learned about a Brazilian butt lift. There you go. <laughs> you know what's on my... I know you don't do TikTok, but I listened to Dr. Calvert's episode about travel plastic surgery, tourism plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And now the only thing on my TikTok is girls going out of the country and their whole journeys on like tourism plastic surgery dude i know oh, big brother's listening to you i really wish if somebody in instagram or in the higher ups knows how to do this i wish you could remove the explore page on instagram oh like turn it off yeah i'm sure you, you can't. can't i looked it up they said no that's like the whole point of instagram is yeah, like they to want make you, you be to on explore it. exactly uh yeah okay good to know speaking of instagram who megan do you have a personal instagram i live vicariously through you Yes, I do have a personal Instagram, but the thing is, is like, you guys, it's not popping. It's so boring. You would actually would like not like me if you saw my personal Instagram. It's nothing worth following. That's really. not true. It's nothing that worth following. not true. I don't, you guys, <laughs> treatment Megan is, you know, I do want to have some mystique and a little privacy uh, with, you know, with my, with my Megan life. And it's, it's really something hard to navigate, like having one foot in each boat because, when I'm treatment, Megan, this is kind of like the raw, uncensored version of myself that I've never put out on the internet before. And it's crazy because you guys get down with it. But like, I don't act like this on my Megan Instagram. You know what a lot of people tell me who you remind them of is uh, the comedian Heather McMahon. Yes. She's hilarious. I love her podcast. Yeah. And she's on her IG all the time, making jokes, being funny. Megan does not do that. No. At all. You would not. I mean, I think those things in my head, like Heather McMahon could take something completely insignificant, like the buffet, the buffet at a hotel and make it hilarious and mm -hmm. make it like a 20 story workshop on like bologna and cheese and stuff. I don't do that. I think about those things in my head and I tell my sister 
but nobody gets it. Like I don't put that out on the personal in internet. Honestly, my personal Instagram, I just follow like different hoteliers and different hotel owners and Richard Branson and Ian Schrager, just boring hotel guys. And yeah, I do have like friends from high school and stuff on it and other DJ friends, but I don't, I'm not going to give it out. This is the most Megan you're going to get is on the podcast. Yes. I know. How about this? Can you give everyone a tiny taste of Megan on the podcast IG? I'm trying like a few, to. Like a few little stories maybe I'm here I'm trying there. to more and more. I was going to uh, record a story about, you know, how Gen Z said everyone needs to stop wearing tight pants and and, and parting their hair on the side. Mm -hmm. And I was going to rant and say how, like, don't listen to Gen Zs because they don't know what they're talking about. And that was a Megan moment. That was like a very stream of consciousness, uncensored Megan moment. So I'll try to do that more on the the I, I honestly do let's put it this way you get more on the through thick and skin podcast ig than my personal you do for sure so you're not missing out boo boo don't worry about that okay next question what skin regimen do you recommend for rosacea type Ooh, skin that's difficult because there are different types of rosacea type skin you can have oily rosacea sensitive rosacea allergic rosacea acne prone rosacea scarred rosacea all different kinds so i always recommend getting a skin evaluation but focusing on gentle cleansers things that don't irritate your skin something calming like i think phyto or phyto plus is really good from skinceuticals and also the biggest thing is modifying your lifestyle triggers so rosacea is made worse by triggers that are typically heat induced things like a warm shower spicy food hot weather you want to try to limit those as much as possible you can't cut them out of your life but just treat your skin really gently avoid triggers and get a skin evaluation Damn, so no hot tub parties? Uh, no. No hot, hot tub, tub parties taking shots of I mean, jalapeno tequila? You can. Eating you just might, Takis? You're going to like pay for it later. <laughs> I know. I like, um, I went to this wellness spa and they are like, would you like to go in the infrared sauna? I'm like, no, it flares my melasma. They're like, excuse me? Else. Did they know what that was? I didn't say that. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, you just got to choose when you want to live like it'd be better to take a lukewarm shower every day and like party up on a friday than like be hot blasting your showers seven days a week that's a good way to put it so if you unfortunately suffer from rosacea there are just some sacrifices you have to yeah, make live in moderation yeah good for everyone cool all right next question how to be an exceptional sister and friend we talked a little bit about this with kiki but just know who the person is and don't expect them to change and accept them for who they are mm -hmm. and learn how to communicate with them. I think that's been really helpful for us is learning how and when to communicate, which is which is best for us. And just always being there for them, but taking that extra step to be there for them before they ask for help. So if it's something that you know your friend is, you know, having a hard time with something and you go and like drop off dinner to her or Instacart her groceries. A lot of people aren't going to, you will say like, if girl, if you need anything, let me know. How yeah. often do people really reach out? Yeah, right? of course. Exactly. Just like, just send it and, you know, don't, don't look for anything, but just try to go above and beyond thinking about someone else's needs. And even if it's so small and insignificant as a card or you send them a coffee or, I mean, you can send money through a text message, you know, mm -hmm. through it, it's, it's very so easy ways. to do that. And just being there and asking how they are, you know, like, how are you? How's it going? And also just because they might be in a good place now, 
if they weren't in a good place a month ago, they're probably still dealing with those things from a month ago. So just checking in on them, making sure they're okay. Yeah, totally. And I think just the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. I also think people fail to realize that friendships are relationships that require work, just like your boyfriend relationship requires work and sacrifice and checking in and inconvenience and whatnot. You know, I think that since we're cut from the same cloth, it's pretty cool that we know how to treat each other really well. And if we had issues, you kind of learn like my style, you know, like how you approach me it has to be a certain way, how I approach you. I try to respect if we do get hot with each other, I leave you alone or I just answer in one word. And then the one thing that I heard recently that I think is really awesome that also made me pull over and like almost crash my car was the definition of love. What do you define love as? Love is caring for someone like infinitely beyond yourself. That's cool. That's kind of close to this definition of this guy who spoke. He said, love is the active concern for another person's well-being. So think about it. Active? What does that mean? Because I, I have a concern for the entire world population's sure. well-being. But doing something. Yes. Actually doing so, something. So love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is, you know, offering to help somebody like you said, or uh, love is, you know, I, I'm broke, but my boyfriend, like for instance, this is the love I wanted from my boyfriend is I wanted to be woken up with coffee. Like that, I thought that was like the most simplest, most beautiful pleasure I could ever receive in life. That's so basic. There are girls out there being like, he didn't buy you a bag, shoes, a world trip. No, all I wanted was a black cup of coffee every morning made on an auto drip machine like the easiest fucking way to make coffee because they're saying i'm gonna get up and do something really special and thoughtful for you that doesn't require you to get out of bed so you can enjoy it from bed and he couldn't do that mm -hmm. and so that to me was one of the biggest deal breakers and it might sound really petty but there is concern for somebody's well-being i have a concern for their well-being but what's your active concern mm -hmm. what is the action that you're taking around it mm -hmm. so i think that if you apply that same definition of love if you love your friend or you love your sister what does the active concern for their well-being look like yeah what are you doing for them yes exactly you might think well what what are they aren't doing anything for me well now you've you've gotten into the realm of love with ex loving with expectation yeah. giving with expectation that's not love yeah love is not some bargain uh, bargaining agreement love is sometimes not received back you can't do it with some sort of like agreement it mm -hmm. has to be no strings attached giving mm -hmm. agreed okay next question I oh think. let me i'll ask you this one oh, no should you ask me no you ask me this yeah question. this is okay this is megan i i, I think <laughs> i've been pegged into this with her Okay, why are you against lasers and your experience with laser treatments? This question is for me because Aaron is not against lasers. I'm not. I I'm, hope you guys have understood that and heard this through this podcast. But I've talked about lasers because lasers hurt like a mother. How, I mean, well, you, so does a Brazilian wax, but no, no, Aaron. Uh, I'm sorry. You must not get your coochie waxed enough because once you do it enough, you get to a point where you can fall asleep having it done. So, no. Waxing a Brazilian wax does not compare to a okay. laser, which feels like a tattoo with a rubber band slapping your face with the layer of your skin off. Lasers fucking hurt. They do hurt. I, I maybe could have medicated you a bit more with the lasers you've she had She gave me a popsicle stick to chew on. <laughs> when really, I think people got Vicodins but when they got that laser. Lasers are uncomfortable. Like, tattoo removal, I think, is the worst I've had laser. that done twice. I, but I full on numbed you, too. Like lidocaine Yeah, with shots. lidocaine. But oh. my tattoo is small enough to where it was just like that, 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 that. And it was over. Yeah. But the face, you know, your upper lip. Oh. Okay, I will say... Uh, 
I kind of go with this. I'm not against lasers either, but lasers promise you the world. So you have to be super choosy with lasers. Mm -hmm. Laser hair removal, bomb. V-beam for blood vessels on the face and redness, amazing. BBL for like sun damage, amazing. Um, you, but you just have to like weed it out. You know, is a CO2 resurfacing laser going to give you facelift results? No. So don't spend three grand on a CO2 resurfacing. Expecting just get a facelift. facelift. Yeah. And so you just have to have these realistic expectations with things and know like how much is it going to cost? Is it worth the downtime? So I think that's a caveat with it. And these lasers are so expensive. Some mm -hmm. of them cost, you could buy a Ferrari for the same price these lasers are. So a treatment Ferrari. Mint, mint green. <laughs> that'd be, that's you, not that'd me. be over the top. No, no thanks. And you, if you have these late big laser centers, like you have to bust it out, like jam out laser treatments to make to the pay payment. for the machine. Exactly. But there are some. But at the same time, you kind of need a broad spectrum of lasers to be the best laser provider. So say if someone only does, I don't know, like laser hair removal, that's one thing. But if you only have one laser machine that does it, tries to do it all, like it can remove hair, it can remove wrinkles. It's, it's not, not. going to do it well. No. But if you go to a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist and they have all the wide variety of lasers and they've accumulated them over years, like that's the kind of place you want to go to for your treatment. Because they can say, you know what, you have this kind of blood vessel. I would typically do a pulse day laser, but instead I'm going to do an IP laser on you because you also have pigmentation that's not melasma so we so you have to have that higher level of thinking for laser treatments not just some group on like we'll take your brown spots away oh hell no well what do you think about laser away what do they do they're like the supercuts of lasers um, they're like a franchise that does laser armpit hair removal i think i've never been there before mm -hmm. so i'm not sure but i would just say make sure you are Getting your diagnosis of your treatments from someone who is legally able to diagnose you yes. and to prescribe you a treatment. Also, make sure that you're going to somebody who knows their shit because if you have darker skin, yeah. if you're a woman of color or a person of color, there's some lasers that will can burn you. Yeah. So ask about that. Like, what are the different types of lasers you offer? Why is this one better for dark skin? Like, tell me about like the frequencies and the wavelengths. And if it's just a plug and play, like, do you have coarse hair? Yes or no. Do you have dark skin? Yes or no. Like, no, 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 no. Like you got to think, mm. you know, how fast is the, is the energy coming out? At what wavelength is it coming in? There's so much more that goes into lasers than just like basic stuff. So make sure the person programming the laser or prescribing you the treatment modalities is someone who can legally prescribe in the state you are being treated in. Yeah, and I also think it's important to state like lasers are a treatment for a certain condition. So explore all of the treatments for that mm -hmm. condition. Like melasma is a condition that we treat at the treatment and we have a bomb ass peel called the Cosmolon peel that has results that knock it out the park. Yeah. Like over and over and over again. And Erin Wood, when she had a laser in her where she worked would maybe use a laser on a melasma patient but um you know there's multiple you know modalities to treat certain things so if you're hard up on doing a laser go ahead by all means get your laser on burn the shit out of your face but there might be another way or laser might be the best option for your specific condition correct yeah just i mean maybe this person like just bought a group on for a laser and she's like <laughs> a laser store and she was like should i which one should i get i just bought a 10 pack let me tell you this. I'm just going to wrap up on this question. I had laser hair removal a couple times on my face and it didn't work. But when I did electrology, done. 
over. I don't have any hair on my face anymore because of electrology. You've done like three sessions too. I'm on my sixth. Oh. oh. And after the first session, it hadn't grown back and I've done multiple cycles. So yeah. if you're curious about permanent FDA approved hair removal, it's electrolysis and I recommend Steph Ruby in Claremont. Wow. So yeah, lasers, uh, I, I just, they're very uncomfortable for me, but Aaron says that they're good for the certain type of person. Yep, exactly. Cool. Okay, Megan, question for you. I don't know what I want to do when I get older and it's stressing me out. Any tips? Uh, first of all, I still don't know what I want to do when I get older. And true. so there's nothing to stress out about. I mean, mm-hmm. wh- what is this self-imposed pressure all about? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from your family, from your partner, from your society, from your friends? Like, so what? I grew up in a place where all my friends are now, you know, general managers or directors have husbands and kids and own homes. And I'm over here renting as a single woman, can't keep a boyfriend for longer than nine months. That would make somebody be stressed out. That would make somebody be very concerned. But I'm not stressed out because all of my experiences and journeys have led me to the place where I am. And I'm not questioning the universe. I'm not that almighty and powerful to be like, all right, God, what you got me doing here? All right. I don't understand. I need this side or the other. I need a man by this year. I need a wedding by that year, blah, blah, blah. I am not the director of the show. I am not the the center of the universe or any of that. So what helps me when I feel really stressed out about like uncertainty or feeling aimless is, okay, first, I know that I feel stressed. Cool. That's an awareness. I want to fix that. I want to treat that. So you don't know what you want to do, but let me ask you this. Do you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to sit at a desk nine to five? Dope. That eliminates like 50% of the jobs. Cool. So that means maybe you should be a lifeguard. Maybe you should be a dance instructor. Maybe you should be a construction worker. Maybe you should be a stripper. Like if you eliminate what you don't want to do, that can kind of help you feel like, all right, well, I know for sure. Or you might be like, I don't want to be freelance. I don't want to have like my financial security up in the air. Dope. Go find a job at the city. Go find a job for the state. Go find a job for the local government. Like you will have a fat pension and you will have a solid nine to five with government holidays off. Become a mailman. You know what I mean? You get your steps in, you you will always be employed. So don't be too stressed, you know, just really ask yourself if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, ask yourself rather than what it looks like as a career, look for the, you know, do you want to wear a uniform every day? Do you want to wear dress down? Do you want to wear a suit? Do you want to wear sweats? Do you want to wear makeup? Like I straight up, my mentor was like, I want you to create your job ideal. And I was like, my job ideal has me in a pencil skirt with a cool blouse power heels, briefcase, multiple phones, blah, blah, blah. And I had that. I got that when I worked in Vegas. And now my job ideal is a job that allows me to work from anywhere in the world. And I have that job essentially right now. So don't be too hard on yourself. Just ask yourself, what don't you want to do? And that will help you lead. I think it's a great way of thinking about it. I would just add, do not waste money on higher education if it's not going to lead you to a job career. Hell to the no. Don't get a comm degree. Just because you're putting $20,000 a year on your student loans just to get a college degree. School is not the answer. Unless Mm -hmm. you're going to a trade school, unless you're going to be a rad tech, go and see my mom, Deb Anderson. She could teach you how to be a little rad tech. Or if you're going to be a plumber or electrician and get in that union, get that union money or become a medical assistant. Like unless you are there, you're you're put in a school where it's like a short program that you can like cash flow, meaning you don't take out hella loans for it. Do that. But Trust me, getting a master's or getting your MBA is not going to get you like your dream job. I'm sorry. It's no. it's just, yeah, I don't have one, but 
that whole idea that like a degree is going to lead you to your dream job is a farce and that shit needs to be crushed. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it is cracking now. So um, rather than thinking that the answer in, in a dream job or a dream career is coming from a degree, you don't have to spend all that time and money. Get cracking now. Yeah. You know, I, I, oh my gosh, I can go on or, or, or if you're going to go to college, have somebody else pay for it. Don't, <laughs> yeah. That's don't the thing. If someone's going to foot the bill by all means, but when you're drowning in a mortgage payment of student loans, when you're 22, it's atrocious. So yeah. just, yeah, don't waste money on education <laughs> coming from someone with a master's degree, but it, yeah. I need it. I have to have Aaron it. needed it for her career. Yes. Path. If you're an engineer or want to go into medicine or law, or like, like for uh, Kiki said, she had to get her master's to become a therapist. Yes. So for certain things like that, but if you feel like, Oh, if I get my, you know, degree in, I don't, I mean, I just don't know. I just, I think for me, I think the future, future is going to lie in trade and just getting to work yeah you know but go live life like I truly believe in the college experience of like getting out and having fun and trying to meet people so if you can be a be a server and get your prereqs done and have an apartment with some friends I think that's awesome too yeah okay what's next is eye cream really necessary to have as a regimen it is definitely extra it is an accessory. It is if you got your basics down, go for it. I'm really big on eye cream. Same. I I, I feel it's part of my like four step regimen. I don't have a huge regimen, but I do like it. But if you can't put on your vitamin C or your sunscreen every day, don't waste time on an eye cream. Yeah, it's kind of it's like, like f- step four or five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's like the the you know like if some people like. They take a walk around the block, you know, I'm like, that's their exercise. There's some people, they take like a pre-workout shake, they stretch, they do the workout, they do the cool down, they do another stretch, then they rub Tiger Bomb on. That's like somebody who needs eye cream on their, on their regimen. And that's where I'm at right now because I'm seeing the results. I I never used eye cream up until maybe nine months ago. And I I now use it morning and night. And mm-hmm. I use an eye cream that's specific for with sunscreen too because the eye the under eye is the most is the thinnest skin it's the hardest to treat it's the one that i think a lot of people complain about the most Mm -hmm. and that you have to kind of say there's not much i can do yeah yeah so but also no eye cream is not going to get rid of your dark circles you still need your botox Mm Hmm. next question last question now we got two oh do we yeah we got one more from our engineer our producer okay okay i feel like now i'm learning as a 31 year old what boundaries are in all areas of my life help gosh boundaries change your life in Mm -hmm. the best way possible okay what are boundaries megan boundaries are just limitations to what you accept and you don't accept or uh you know for me a boundary is um an example of a boundary is like how i allow people like this is a a line that's not crossed Mm -hmm. so like a boundary might be for somebody like i don't accept calls after 9 p.m because that affects my sleep hygiene Cool. And you have that one friend who's always like, 911, call me. And then she's like, fuck this guy. He just texted. And I'm like, oh my God, my boundary is that my sleep is more important than your boy drama. We could talk about your boy drama between the hours, between business hours of eight to five. If not, then sorry, honey. I my sleep hygiene and my nighttime routine with my partner, whatever, is more important. So this woman who's saying, I feel like I'm just now learning as a 31-year-old, I'm like, girl, at least you're learning what boundaries are. There are so many people in this world who die not knowing what a boundary is or not knowing how to implement or not knowing how to respect a boundary. Uh, going back to our special guest Kiki, 
people pleasing, codependency, and boundaries are all connected. They're all tied together. So you might have a friend who kind of manipulates you or only calls you when they're having a hard time, or they're the type of friend that only wants to hang out with you when they're single. You might have a friend that just treats you kind of shitty. Like it doesn't feel like a good friend, but you continue to allow them to pop into your life when it's convenient for them. That's when a boundary would need to be implemented. Or you might have a parent. That's the that's what I was thinking. It is boundaries with parents are hard. A toxic family well, member. You you were raised by this person, you put them on a pillar. They were the end all be all. They were the the word of God was like your parents. And so when you get old, older and you're, you're an adult and you're like, fuck, they're not perfect. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, they make mistakes. Like, whoa, like they're like insecure and they have all these things going on. Like, how do I create a boundary? And so I've had to get outside help to figure out how to implement boundaries. Like, I don't just make them up. I don't pull them out of my ass. Like, oh, here's a boundary. Like, no, I get help from a therapist. I have a mentor. I read up on it. You know, I have friends like Kaylin who happen to be a therapist. But, and even, I mean, she has to have a a boundary with me. Like, Kaylin is not my therapist. Mm -hmm. She's my friend. So boundaries um, could be very uncomfortable. But once you implement them, there could be an, an incredible freedom on the other side. And that is worth the slight discomfort of implementing them, that awkward silence, that begging for the boundary to be pulled down or that manipulation like, well, if you were a good friend, you'd pick up the phone at any time of day because, you know, I would pick up the phone at any time of day. Well, guess what? I'm not the type of messy friend that feels like a 911 call is when a boy, you know, that's not 911. A friend also doesn't say that's 911. Yeah. A friend has other tools to utilize rather than dumping it all on you. And you have to the way, remember, the way somebody treats you is how you taught them mm. to treat you. Mm-hmm. So if you have that friend calling you up all hours of the night wanting to cry about you or she only calls you up when she's having a fight with her boyfriend, you have to say, listen, Jenny, when you call me every time you break up with your man and I never hear from you otherwise, it makes me feel really sad. Whoa. That's like, and then just stop talking and say, for me, I would love being your friend, um, but I can't hear from you after nine o'clock because my sleep is really important to me. So if you want to go for a walk, hit me up. Yeah. Something like that. I think that's good. What about though? I think it's harder when you have like a manipulative, toxic relative. So I think having, Mm -hmm. having the boundary is good, but I think it is very difficult to hold it. Like they are just this wave of water trying to crash your wall down. Mm -hmm. And it is just, I, I mean, I've dealt with that personally this past year. It is so hard, but once you are solid in it i think just knowing that like boundaries are hard and they are like not they're they can be sticky sometimes like you will question it mm-hmm. and that manipulative person will make you question it but when you do see that clarity it is good so yeah. just hold through that hard work yeah and also having some as having a support system like with the therapist mm-hmm. to to show you how to do it is really important so yeah if you don't have one hit up hit up kaylin because she could coach you through it i'm telling you like Boundary implementation, it's a new freedom that you've never, you would have never experienced otherwise. Okay, last question. This is a great question that was just thrown at us by our sound guy, Sean. He wants to know. He sits here and listens to all of our podcasts about Botox and the ball sack (laughs) and melasma. He's an expert on how to apply retinol now. He's just the bomb. And Sean wants to know, is any sun bad? Any sun at all? Any sun rays? Is it is it bad? Or can you have a little? You can definitely have a little. You should not be void of sun. Like if you lived inside with no sunlight, you're going to get some, like it's going to be detrimental to your health. You're going to have this vitamin D deficiency. So with the caveat of 
you actually get most for most people get enough sun exposure with normal activities. So you don't realize how much sun exposure you get every day. Driving in your car, walking to your car, sitting in your office with the window without blinds on. So you for most people, they're already getting their sunlight with normal day-to-day activities. Now, if you're a nurse who works night shift and goes to work out shades (laughs) when it's dark then yeah you might need to go get a little bit of sun Um, but it's such a small amount of time you need to be in the sun to get the benefit of the sun rays Mm -hmm. what do i tell people don't be a hermit you know like when i go on vacation i'm in a bathing suit i'm in the water i'm on the beach i'm not that stressed about it like you Mm -hmm. can't it's more important to live you know sun conservative every day and just like enjoy it on the weekends and you know, just everything, again, everything in moderation is good. So you can get your sun, Sean. You can get your suntan on in your Speedo. <laughs> He's like, Thumbs cool. Up. He's like, I'll put that little Playboy Bunny sticker on my chest now and tan it. So that when he peels it off, it's a white little Playboy Bunny. <laughs> so anyways, guys, well, that was our question and answers. No hold barred part six. Thank you guys for sending us your questions. Those we'll do great. it again soon. So if any questions pop up to you, you guys DM me and I hold on to them. I save them. Um, and we're happy to answer them and uh, help teach you guys something. So yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure to share this with your friends and we hope you guys have a good week. We'll see you next yeah. time. Bye. Bye.